The New York Islanders blew a 2-0 lead in the third period and settled for a 4-3 overtime loss to Detroit. We have our key takeaways, the hero and go to the game, and an update on Scott Mayfield. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can also find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked On Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Tough tough loss for the Islanders. We'll get to that in a minute, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode, you can email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, or X, uh, at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all things Isles all season long, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game, so join me for instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to talk a little Isles hockey game time or any time. So, tough loss for the New York Islanders. The good news, yeah, they got a point, uh, but the bad news is when you hold a 2-0 lead at home and you're in the third period, you should not lose that game. And, you know, there were a little more than 12 minutes left when Detroit got on the board and you just saw this team fall apart defensively. And, you know, for the first 40 minutes, the defense wasn't perfect, never is, really can't be, can it? But it it, it was solid, and I think the best part about the defense, through the first 40 minutes, Ilya Sorokin, who played well, was able to see all the shots that were taken against him. 
And he was able to make some very good, very impressive saves at different points in the game. But defensively, you know, the Islanders did a decent job. Again, there are breakdowns. The other team gets paid, too. You can go through all the permutations. But when push came to shove, uh, the defense was getting the job done. And then in the third period, it just all fell apart. And it was breakdown after breakdown defensively. And each one of those breakdowns ended up in the back of the net. And I don't blame Ilya Sorokin, really, for any of the four goals that the Islanders ultimately let in. But, again, we saw too many instances of not picking up a guy coming into the zone, uh, you know, getting caught up ice creating an odd man rush the other way. All of these little things end up adding up. And, you know, on one goal, Samuel Bolduc got turned around. He wasn't in the right spot. Uh, was it Adam Pellick, I believe, who got caught up ice on another goal? These things really came back to bite them. And if you think about it, when you're trying to hold on to a 2 nothing and then a 2-1 and then a, you know, that kind of lead, that's when you should be playing your best defense. I'm not saying go into a shell by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, that's when your first priority has to be, am I back? Is my man covered? Do I have the right positioning? between, you know, getting myself in between my man and the goalie? Is, am I not screening the goalie? These become the primary things you need to do with that lead, and they just couldn't do it. Now, on the plus side of things, they didn't quit. And after JT Comfer gave Detroit that 3-2 to lead, and you could feel the air coming out of the building... The Islanders ended up with a power play, and Bo Horvat converted with 4-11 left in regulation time. A pretty goal. I mean, a rifle of a shot off a nice pass by Matthew Barzal. And I guess the encouraging thing to see with that is, A, you got a power play goal, and B, that Barzi and Bo are really starting to show a little more chemistry throughout the course of the game and, you know, throughout the course of the season as they play more together. So that was certainly encouraging from that standpoint, the moxie, the we're not going to quit. But then again, you get to overtime and it's just sloppy, sloppy play. You know, on the sequence that the game-winning goal was scored by Lucas Raymond, the Red Wings had a couple of two-on-one opportunities. Uh, they had one, Sorokin made an incredible save, and then Bo Horvat, the same guy who got the game-tying goal just five minutes earlier, right, ends up with an easy opportunity to clear the puck, but couldn't free his stick up, couldn't clear it, it's a turnover, and Comfer finds Raymond all alone, nobody near him, it's an easy tap-in, Game over, Islanders lose. And I, I don't like the way this team did not give you that 60-minute effort. And realistically, there's about a five-minute period of time 
in the middle of the third period where the Islanders gave up three goals in, you know, th- almost four minutes. And, y- you know, that those kind of breakdowns when you are a defense first team, when you're trying to win games three to two, two to one, those kind of things you can't recover from. And I think in that respect, the Islanders were fortunate to get the point, but, at, you know, you can't go blowing a game like that. When you have the 2 nothing lead, you got to pick up the two points. They couldn't quite get it done, and that really was disappointing for the New York Islanders, to say the least. I, I, I will give a little bit of credit right off the bat to... The Barzal-Horvat-Lee line, offensively at least, uh, 16 shots between the three of them, five each for Lee and Bo. Uh, Barzi with six shots on goal in this game. So that was certainly good. But the third line, Pajot, Holmstrom, Wallstrom, minus one, no offensive production. Uh, you know, that was disappointing. And then what happened to Cal Clutterbuck? Uh, getting a 10-minute misconduct uh, late in the... uh, That came late in the second period, carried over into the third. Uh, You know, I go back to Bull Durham, uh, where, uh, you know, that little quote where, uh, oh, yeah, Crash called the umpire, uh, you know what, bleep that out. Uh, Cal Clutterbuck must have said something. We don't know what, but he obviously said something to the referee that got him into trouble, and, you know, again, you just don't want, especially when you're shorthanded and Clutterbuck is a penalty killer, you don't want to lose your guy for, you know, a sixth of the game, which is essentially what ends up happening, but uh, overall, some good things to take away from this, but some disappointing things as well, and you wanted two points. When you're up 2 nothing in the third, you want the two points. They don't get it. That's disappointing. You take the one point, and hopefully you build on it and you learn from these mistakes. But uh, this one hurt a little bit, not going to lie. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. We will have our hero and go to the game and talk about a few more of the positive things that the Islanders did. Uh, Also, our Islanders' birthday of the day, the first native Long Islander to score a goal for the New York Islanders. We'll talk about that. Let's see if you can guess who that is. We've got all that and a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use, and you've got a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. And look, October, the best time of the year. You got the World Series, NFL, college football, the NBA, the NHL. Of course, you can use your knowledge of the Islanders 
on FanDuel. So many betting options. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. So a few positives to take away from this game, and there were some, I, I, I will say. I think, again, Ilya Sorokin played well. Team breakdowns didn't didn't uh, hold up. But I, I think, you know, overall, Sorokin played well enough for this team to win. Gotta love the shorthanded goal by Casey Sezikis that finally snapped what was a 0-0 tie with less than a minute and a half left in the second period. I mean, Sezikis just turned on the Jets essentially created his own breakaway, which I thought was just, again, an impressive play, and he ends up getting the goal. And, and you know, tonight, by the way, was the 753rd career game as an Islander for Zeke, and that means he passes Mike Bossy for ninth all-time on the Islanders' games played list. So congratulations to Casey Sezikis, and boy, was that an impressive goal. That was that was a goal scorer's goal, and I didn't know that Casey Sezikis had that kind of burst. I think he surprised the defender. Uh, in addition to the shorthanded goal, five hits. That was high on the team, and a block shot and a takeaway, all for Casey Sezikis in a little less than 15 minutes of action. Uh, And Noah Dobson, at least offensively, continuing to play well, a goal and an assist. Four shots on goal and a block shot, couple of takeaways as well. 26.06 of ice time. That was first among all Islander players. And you know what? Matthew Barzal, Boy, did he put on, he made some plays. He had an assist in this game, was a minus two. But boy, did he make some plays with his skates where he just created time and space when there was none and set up scoring opportunities, whether it was for himself or for Bo Horvat or for, you know, anybody else. But to, to, to see him out there skating almost circles around some of those Detroit defenders was very encouraging, to say the least. Uh, the downside. Uh, well, well let, let's take a pause here. Let's do our hero and our goat of the game. And, it, you know, it's tough. I'm going to give Casey Sezikis the hero of the game. Uh, Zeke, five hits, high on the team. The shorthanded goal... The milestone game played, uh, just, you know, killed penalties, hustled. Uh, I like what Casey Sezikis brought to the table. And even though Noah Dobson and Bo Horvat had more points than Casey Sezikis, I think Sezikis, based on the way his overall game was played, earned the hero of the game. The go to the game, you can go in a lot of different directions with this one. Uh, but I'm going with the duo of Sebastian Ajo and Samuel Bolduc, the third defensive pair. Ajo minus two in the game, Bolduc minus one. And uh, again, just a few too many mistakes. By no means were 
Aho and Bolduc alone in making mistakes. I talked about Bo Horvat turning the puck over on the game-winning goal. Uh, I talked about the failure to get back and pick up guys. You know, there, there, there were definitely issues, but to me, Aho and Bolduc just didn't get the job done, especially in that third period and then in overtime. So they are going to get uh, my goat of the game. Although, again, lot of company in that respect. And here's the thing. You're, you're playing the Detroit Red Wings, a team that very well could be fighting the Islanders for a wild card spot when this season is over. And, you know, if you're playing a Western Conference team and you lose in overtime, all right, you got the point. You don't care how many points the Western Conference team does or doesn't get. You can live with it. But when a division opponent, or in this case, a conference opponent, gets the two points and you only get one, you know, at the end of the year, if the Islanders miss the playoffs by a point or two, a game like this where they seemingly had it in the palm of their hands, uh, that's the kind of thing that could come back to bite them. And, oh, by the way, I, I will give credit to Lane Lambert for one thing, and that is his use of the timeout. After the Islanders gave up a couple of goals and lost the 2-0 lead, he calls his timeout, tries to regroup. It didn't work, but it was the right call. Look, coaches can only make the call. The players then have to execute. In this instance, to get the team to regroup after they gave up two quick goals and lost the 2-0 lead, that was the right move by Lane Lambert in that particular instance. But it, it did not end up paying off, and Detroit scored again, and the Islanders were behind. So uh, I, I thought he made the right move, but did not end up getting the desired result from it. And, you know, that, that's going to happen. So, again, this team, we're still trying to figure them out. And I think, overall, we're still having some issues with faster, more skilled teams. Um, we were able to slow down Detroit for two periods. And, and that was certainly encouraging. But then, you know, we just couldn't sustain it. And, you know, again... You hold Alex Debrinkit scoreless, only two shots on goal. Dylan Larkin, scoreless, no shots on goal. But it was your Sprongs and your uh, JD, JT Comfers and your Lucas Raymonds who really did the job on the Islanders, and that's why they ended up uh, losing this game. And how about Moritz Sider, who also played particularly well for the uh Red Wing, Sider, and Jake Wallman, plus three. Sider had two assists, Wallman a goal and an assist. So, again, giving up that time and space in the neutral zone, not a good thing, and it, it just didn't work well for the Islanders who blew the lead. All right, we have got a lot more to discuss on today's show. Uh, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we have an update on Scott Mayfield Plus, we'll talk about the way he's missed. Uh, you know, he only played in the season opener. It's hopefully they'll get him back soon, but we'll have 
All that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Bo Horvat could score 50 goals. The Islanders could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick studs like Bo Horvat, Matthew Barzal, Connor McDavid, Alexander Ovechkin, and decide whether they'll record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in any given game. To win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. So you heard me, Islander fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your pick so you could start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. So Scott Mayfield, good news. He skated at the morning skate on Monday. And, you know, that is encouraging. And here's what Lane Lambert said about it. That's a positive. There's no question. We've been saying he's day-to-day for a while, and he has been. And to get him back into the mix a little bit, and to get him accustomed to sort of uncontrolled situations, is a good thing for him. And again, Mayfield, uh, you know, only played the one game so far this season. And You know, they miss him in a couple of ways. Obviously, on the ice, you miss the physicality of a Scott Mayfield. He is big. He can probably could have helped clean up a couple of those goals uh, that the Islanders gave up if he were on the ice as opposed to Ajo and Balduk. If you had Ajo and Mayfield, you know, maybe the game doesn't go to overtime. Maybe it's two to one Islanders at the end. Or maybe, it, it, you know, the game-winning goal doesn't go in. But either way, you miss the size, the headiness in his own zone, and the physicality that Mayfield can bring, and the experience. And I like Samuel Bolduc, but he is not ready for a big role just yet. I mean, he had a much better game against uh, Columbus the other night, but uh, again, he only played seven minutes and 56 seconds against the Red Wings last night. And what does that mean? It means your other defensemen are logging way too many minutes. So Noah Dobson playing more than 26 minutes. Ryan Pollock, 25 minutes, 24 seconds. Adam Pellick, 24-18. Alexander Romanoff, 21-35. Do you think that having those guys out there on the ice as long as they are they don't get tired late in games, that the Red Wings' third period comeback, the breakdowns on defense, could have possibly been related in some way to the fact that your top four defensemen are playing more ice time than you'd like and wearing down a little bit as the game progresses. I think that's 
definitely part of the uh, of the problem not certainly the entire problem but i think it'll be a plus when the islanders get mayfield back and yet in the meantime having samuel bolduke out there to gain experience and let's face it if he learns from his mistakes and is better the next time he gets an opportunity that is certainly important for the Islanders going forward, and and he hasn't looked terrible to me. He had, you know, so he's been inconsistent, which is not surprising for a young player. But the fact that he has played so little, uh, that they don't trust him in key defensive situations, he's not going to go all out on the PK. He's not going to go out with a tie game, or you're trying to protect the lead late. You know, all of these hesitations and lack of trust, they do add up. And unfortunately, uh, it hurt the Islanders, at least last night against the Red Wings. We will see whether or not Mayfield is ready to come back when the Islanders take to the ice again on Thursday in Washington against a struggling Capitals team. So fingers crossed that Mayfield may be ready to play his second game of the year when the Islanders take on the Capitals. And we'll keep you updated on Twitter and, uh, you know, on the show about the status of Scott Mayfield. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And uh, as I said, this player is the first native Long Islander to score a goal for the New York Islanders. Of course, I'm talking about Richie Hansen, who basically turned uh, 68 on Monday. Hansen, a native of Northport, uh, a seventh-round pick of the Islanders in 1975, and you know never had a big, long NHL career. Uh, had some solid seasons for the Sudbury Wolves in the Ontario League, played in the North American Hockey League, the Central Hockey League, but played his first four games for the Islanders and his first four NHL games during the 1976-77 season and recorded his first career goal. Only played 20 games in his NHL career, two goals, 10 points, and four penalty minutes. Uh, 18 of those 20 uh, games came with the Islanders, as did uh, both goals, and uh, six of the eight assists did not ever appear in in a postseason NHL game. He was a consistent 25, 27, you know, kind of a goal scorer in the minor leagues, had a uh, 40-goal season in the NAHL, but was really a fringe NHL player. But he had a magic moment on February 3rd, 1977 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Islanders with Glenn Chico rushing goal, Gilles Graton, the goalie for the visiting New York Rangers. And in this game, Richie Hansen, at the 11.05 mark of the third period, scored his first career NHL goal It made the score 6-3 Islanders. That was the final. Gary Howitt got the assist. But native Long Islander, Richie Hansen, gets his first NHL goal with the Islanders against the Rangers. And oh, by the way, he grew up a Rangers fan because 
When he was growing up, the Islanders didn't exist yet, and his family apparently had season tickets at the Garden when he was a kid, but he ends up getting that big goal against the Rangers, which I'm sure made it even more special for him, and it certainly made it more special for Islanders fans. So Richie Hansen is our Islanders' birthday of the day. He turned 68 on Monday, and we wish him a very happy birthday uh, and many, many happy more. All right, we have got... uh, well, basically, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every dayers, tomorrow on the show. Well, we have our weekly farm report. We'll talk all things Bridgeport Islanders. Plus, we'll have hopefully an update on Scott Mayfield's health. And uh, we will look at a few other key aspects of where the Islanders are at after the first, well, partial month, but the month of October over, so we'll see where the Islanders stand after October. want to wish everyone a safe and happy Halloween, so let's uh, definitely say that. Have a great day, stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!